Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Before we go into our episode, I wanted to give a shout out to Iris Weiner, who's here and has these amazing services that she can offer you. Hi, Iris. Hi. Hi, Kim. Um, I'm with Bankers Life. I am an insurance agent and I specialize in Medicare supplements and long-term care, critical care, life insurance, annuities, uh, and so much more. Um, I love sitting down with families and help them protect their assets. I have seen way too many people lose their homes because they were not properly insured for long-term care. And there's a huge Medicare gap as to what is not covered, uh, the people assume is until it's too late. So one of the things I love to do is sit, sit down with my uh, clients. I'd love to be able to hear what, you know, about their family life, what it is that they want to do, and, and make sure that we protect them so that when you're finally getting to the point where you're able to enjoy life, you're able to do that. Your retirement is protected for you to enjoy till the very end. So I love doing that. And I give back. Um, I had a really hard time with my mother-in-law quite a few years ago when she had several strokes. And that's when we discovered what Medicare didn't cover. And that's when I scrambled to try to help her. And from that, I actually said to the universe that I was going to do this because no one should lose their home over trying to figure out how to take care of a family member or themselves for that you know, for that matter. So right. I, I love to sit down with their, anyone. Um, they can reach me by calling me on my cell phone, which is 714-496-1376. They can also reach me through email and that's iris, I-R-I-S dot Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R at bankerslife.com. Wonderful. And I'll tell you, she does everything from the heart. And so she's a great person to work with and ask questions to. So thanks for being here, Iris. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to another great episode of Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. This is Eden and I'm here with Kim. And thanks everybody for being here and listening. Let's get into it. Hi, Kim. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, we have a really fascinating guest today. Yes, we have a fascinating guest. I'm going to I'm just go right in and introduce her. Her name is Peyton Lynch, and um, she's it's so exciting. All the things that we get to talk about with her. She's an author of uh, Rise from the Ashes, which is a book um, that she Features the stories and trauma um, of trauma, resilience, and growth from the children of 9/11, the tragedy of 9/11. She's also a senior product and project manager at Disney Parks and Experiences in Florida, and she's happily married to her husband John. Um, They have a fertility journey that they're on right now, and it's being documented on social media, which we'll talk to her a little bit about that as well. So welcome, Peyton. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. And thanks for having me. 
Yeah, welcome. I'm yes. glad that people I'm glad people get to see you because you have this like shining smile. So we <laughs> we get to feature you on our, our clips and our YouTube channel. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, you know, Eden, we never we never really mentioned the YouTube channel. We gotta remind people to go to the YouTube channel because we're always talking about social media and we also yeah. have a YouTube channel. So that can all be accessed through our website. So yes. Peyton. What inspired you to write this compelling book? And can you tell us more about it um, and the story behind it? Like what, what brought you to writing the book? Absolutely. So um, it might seem strange. What is a Walt Disney World cast member doing writing a book about 9-11? Um, but it's actually inspired by um, my husband's story. And, uh, you know, as an American, of course, 9-11 has a very special place in my heart. I don't think there's anyone who was alive at that time, American or not, who doesn't remember where they were. Um, and I I didn't know anyone who was personally impacted by 9-11 until I met my husband. Uh, I grew up in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is only two hours from New York City, and still like really didn't know many people affected in a personal way. Uh, but my husband and I, we started dating in 2013. Over the summer, it was totally summer loving, um, and it extended into the fall um, and continued since we're married now. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I will never forget that September. He um, took me out on a date on September 11th, and again, like it's a significant day in our in the country's history. But and I knew he had lost. Uh, a parent, but I didn't know. Um, I just never imagined it would have been in 9-11. Uh, so we were in a bonefish grill restaurant. I don't know if you're familiar with the chain, but it is so dark in the, the, that restaurant. Um, and I was really glad for it because when he started sharing his story with me, like I, it was hard to not cry and just be mm. so moved by what he was sharing. Um, and so my husband, John Lynch, his father, Robert Henry Lynch Jr. was the property manager of Two World Trade uh, at the time of 9-11. And uh, his dad actually was out of the building and safe at the time of the attacks. And he called home. He uh, left a voicemail. In fact, you know, you got to think it's 2001. So we've got a cassette yeah. of uh, mm. the voicemail. Oh, wow. This day, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he said, I am out of the building. I'm safe. I love you. I'll, I'll call you as soon as I can. It's it's bad. It's really, really bad. Um, but I love you. And and that was it. That was the last thing one heard. But, um, you know, everyone thought he was fine. Right. He called home. He said he was fine. Yeah. Um, and my my husband, his parents were divorced, so he was also living in Pennsylvania at the time, was in school, was in seventh grade, and the teacher had the TV on, as a lot of people did, because they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And he raised his hand and said, my dad works there. And I think that teacher will probably never forget that moment, because right. no one else in the whole school, I mean, he was the only person who was impacted in a personal way in, in this whole school. So um, again, thought it was fine, went to go visit, uh, his family in New Jersey to just be with family and wait for the next call. And unfortunately the next call never came. Hmm. Um, they went on to find after collecting information from others 
who were there that day and knew his father that he did indeed go back into the building um, and was helping escorting others out and, you know, was honored in 2005 with a Medal of Valor um, from George W. Bush at, uh, that my husband and his family received in his honor at the White House because he was recognized as a first responder that day for what he did. So you can imagine um, me hearing this <laughs> for the first time. It was it was a lot. And I, I think in that moment, I was just I was thinking also, like, if this were me, if this were my experience, I would not be the type of person my husband is. And I'm super biased. I married the guy, but he is, you know, very positive, you know, a a great influence on others, um, really believes the best in life and and people around him. And I thought I would be a bitter, angry mess if this were my journey. And so I knew then even so many years ago, when I first heard his story, that there was something special about him and something special about the resiliency that he's built over the past so many years. But then 2020 happened (laughs) and we all were sort of going through something. Um, And we were in the midst and continue to be in the midst of our infertility journey. And I, I needed help. I needed a reference from others who have been through really challenging times of how I can get through this because there's days I'm in the middle. I'm like, I can't see the end and I've got to be able to keep going. Right. I got to keep moving forward. And so I just woke up one night and it was 3am. I tapped him on the shoulder. I'm like, I think I need to write this book about nine 11. He's like, yeah, yeah. Go back to sleep. But (laughs) (laughs) I got his family's blessing. I reached out to an organization called Tuesday's Children, who has done a ton for the 9-11 community and a ton for my husband's family. And they helped me connect with over a dozen other 9-11 surviving children so that I could speak with them, interview them, hear their stories, and then uh, apply these lessons along with my own personal journey into this book that published in August. So um, in, in about a year's time, it was really the, the stretch of time that this project took place and it, it moved so fast, but it was just something that I felt was so poignant for this time that we're currently in. Yes, absolutely. Wow. I was just getting like chills everywhere and tears and mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like deep breath. Um, yeah. it, just, it just, I don't know. I just feel all the energy of it all. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just, I think so many people can relate. Um, if it's not about someone, you know, in nine 11, it's about someone, you know, in a similar situation or yourself in a similar situation. And so, um, that's very powerful that you were called to do that. You know, I feel really, really, uh, fortunate that I was able to share these stories. They're super personal stories. And I know that, the media and press, they, they want these stories. And a lot of these 9-11 surviving children have, they've had to protect their hearts from sharing and yet they shared with me. And so that meant so much because we are all going through tough stuff, even if it isn't 9-11 related. I think the the thing is that the 9-11 stories, they, they bring everybody together because we all knew where we were. We all want to know about these stories, but then it helps us peel out into the broader you know, scope of what grief and trauma does to us and how we can be resilient through it. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't think there's one person that would not be able to relate to that. 
Yeah. So I have two questions that just popped in my head. <laughs> two simple questions. The first one, have you written a book before? This was my first uh, writing experience of a book. Um, and I actually went through a, a really great program uh, called the Creators Institute at George Washington University. Um, I highly commend this program to anyone who is looking to write a book and doesn't know where to start. You know, you have the idea, but it's like, how do I how do I go about framing this? And um, they walked us through the entire process, uh, worked with developmental editors along the way. And it was it's the most rewarding thing I think I've ever done in my life. Oh, yeah. This in particular, this topic to be your first book, maybe your only I don't know, but looks like you might be on that path, maybe continuing. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think there's more. Well, there's more stories to share for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the stories that we've collected for this book in particular are all of people who lost fathers that day. And so I do think there is a story about those who lost mothers, even though the ratio there is three to one. And that's Mm -hmm. a whole other story for another day about, you know, the time and place why that might be. But I also think what about 20, another 20 years from now, you know, where, where will they be again? Because they're now sort of all like emerging adults and it'll be really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I've got a few other tricks up my sleeve. Everyone I've heard it a few times. They're like, I think this is the topic for your next book. And I'm like, all right, everybody, I just published one. <laughs> like, let me, <laughs> let me like, you know, just enjoy this moment for a bit, but you never know. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, the next question I uh, wanted to know is, how did you get in touch with all these people to tell their stories and why you, why did they, why were they willing to share their story with you as opposed to anyone else who's ever asked them in the media? Yeah. Uh, so I started first with the Tuesday's children organization and I, I just reached out to them first to thank them for what they've done for my husband's family and now my family for so many years. And I, I shared with them, that this was really a personal project to start for me, right? I wanted to learn how I can get through the, this challenging time that I'm going through. Um, and I feel that they, they heard my heart in that and they could see how much I'm impacted by nine 11 too, because sure, this isn't, this isn't my dad. And I recognize that, but it still impacts my story, right? This is my future grand or future kids is grandfather or someone that I would call on for advice that I can't now. And, and so, you know, my legacy is impacted as well. And I think that has been the, the biggest difference is that there, there wasn't really an angle here or a store. I'm not trying to profit off of their story, which has been the case so many times before I'm someone who lives this experience in a different way, but in a connected way to them. And so um, you know, I had so many people reach out after Tuesday's children sent out the newsletter to the folks under their umbrella, as well as um, just other folks I've reached out to who have spoken about 9-11 before who said, yes, let's talk about it. And um, I, I was I was concerned. Right. I I never want to drudge up trauma again for people. Mm. Um, and I was worried about doing that. Like, am I having a negative impact on people by asking them to share Um, and I spoke with a few folks in the mental health field and, uh, some of them had mentioned when you're able to find the common purpose in sharing your story, the, it becomes manageable and you're able to work through that. And so many of them shared, you know, 
I'm able to share this with you because I think this is going to do good for other people. And I think that was the bigger, bigger difference in our conversations than maybe other conversations they've had before. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Eden, I are, we have a mutual friend, um, Chris, I won't say his last name that was, (laughs) that survived being in nine 11 and survived many, many near death experiences, like really crazy ones. And I always tell him he's supposed to write a book. (laughs) I I don't know which Chris you're referring to. You'll have to tell me later. Oh, okay. Um, You will know you're you. It's I can't believe you don't know. (laughs) Okay. I have three that I that come to mind. Oh, but, okay. Well, I just okay. won't say just in case he wants privacy about it. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll need the book when he it comes out. I'm sure right. he's got a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. So, well, this book seems like it's going to be so impactful, like you talked about, and healing, helping people heal from all of their trauma. Um, is that what? What's your purpose? Your mission for the book? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my biggest goal for the book has been able to, has been to raise funds for Tuesday's children. And, um, since launching the, uh, the pre-sale that we had back in April and then actually delivering on the paperback, which was in August, we have raised $5,000 for Tuesday's children. So it's been an incredible feat. It's something I could have never done on my own. And it just shows the power of community Um, When people come together, it's really unstoppable. So um, that's what I hope to continue to do now that, you know, the paperback sales are in full swing, Um, you know, a a dollar of all uh, paperback sales continue to go to Tuesday's children. And uh, we'll also be continuing to do that as we launch the hardcover and uh, the audiobook next year. So very, very exciting. I was glad that we've had that momentum and hope it continues. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, So changing topics, you did, you did mention this, um, but changing kind of gears here, you document your fertility journey quite openly on social media. And I feel like a lot of people can relate. Um, I definitely know some close friends who can relate and have been or are going through that. I'm sure a lot of people are being helped by what you are vulnerably unauthentically posting. Can you tell us a little bit of what this, what it's been like for you? And it sounds like you're just so happily married and ready for a family. And so I know that this can be really a lot of, you know, challenges when this happens. Yeah. And thank you for recognizing that. And um, yeah, we're, we're beyond ready. Um, We have been trying for two years now. um, And it's, it's just something I never expected for my life. My, I'm the oldest of five kids. So you can imagine like, why would I ever think fertility would would be a challenge? Mm -hmm. Um, And also uh, I I got married at in today's standards, pretty young. I was 21 when we got married. Um, And so we enjoyed our time together. I mean, and we still are truly, but you know, it, within four years of being married, we, we were like, you know, we're, we're ready for this. And at 25, surely never thought I would have trouble getting pregnant. Um, and, but here we are two years later and in fertility years, while 27 isn't old, it's this industry and the, the whole bit of it does make you feel like your biological clock is ticking. Um, so 
after about six months of trying, I just could just feel something was wrong, even though they say clinically like a year of trying in this age range, you know, makes you infertile. Um, I just, I I didn't feel right. Right. We were being very intentional. Um, There was no reason we should have an issue. And a lot of my doctors pushed me away. And I think that was the hardest thing to hear was that, well, you haven't been trying long enough or just relax. And, you know, finally I got to, got them to run some tests and it wasn't, everything wasn't fine. Um, you know, I, I have hypothyroidism as well as a prolactinoma issue. There's like some clear, um, like ovulation and just, uh, hormonal issues that I have that have gone unrecognized for a while. Um, and that I think I've learned so much about advocating for myself through this process. Uh, and it's so challenging, right? Because I get horrible white coat syndrome. Like the last thing I want to do is go in. I don't feel confident in a doctor's office and yet you have no choice um, because otherwise they'll push you aside. And um, uh, we moved on after a year, we started trying um, in utero insemination uh, and uh, we had two cycles of that, which failed and a third, which was canceled at which point we decided to move on to in vitro. We just went through our first egg retrieval and we were very hopeful. They actually retrieved 32 eggs, which is like a huge amount in the fertility world. We ended up with 18 fertilized, which again, a huge amount. (laughs) Um, And by the end of it, we are now left with three. And so it was devastating. Um, The past week here has been very interesting um, because that was just not what we expected, but none of this has. And I think that has been another big learning for me that uh, this is completely out of my control, such as as parenthood is as well. Right. Right. Um, And so I, I, I know that I'm learning something in this, but it can be really challenging in the middle of it to understand why this is happening or to even want to get out of bed. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's so consuming. And so that's what I've hoped to convey in sharing. You know, I think a lot of people do see the bubbly personality, the smiling, and they just think nothing's going wrong for Peyton. She's fine. And I'm trying to normalize, you know, that it's not always all fine. Uh, and it's okay to recognize that I've got a lot of great things in my life, but this is pretty crappy too. And this is hard. And it's even harder to go through it alone. So uh, I've met a lot of incredible people who are also going through this too. And that is something that I found great comfort in that community. And in hopes that, you know, we all don't have to be in this community for much longer, but while we're in it, let's support each other while we can. Hmm. Well, first, first of all, um, you have talked about two subjects that so many people will be able to relate to. And one of them that I can relate to is the white coat syndrome. <laughs> I, I understand that so much. And it, it does get, it really is a hindrance because they think there's something wrong with you sometimes when you, you know, you, your heart's racing. Yeah. 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 I've been um, with, I've had the experience where I would tell them in advance and then they don't believe me. Yeah. It's not fun. <laughs> I had to warn them at my egg retrieval because you do have to be put under for that. I was like, you will have to take my blood pressure like 16 times. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. why are your hands clammy? I'm like, listen, this is not my comfort zone. Um, but what I have found, and this was advice I actually got from some of the 9-11 surviving children, 
is to write down what it is I need to say before I go into those rooms. And that has equipped me in so many ways because it's in front of me, right? And if I need to go home and write down something else and call back later, I can, because that can be scary too, to feel like you left the room, you didn't say everything you needed to say, but writing it down has made a huge difference for me. Oh, that's a good tip. Right. Um, hopefully next time when this airs, you'll be celebrating. (laughs) I sure hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But what, how do you stay positive? You know, how do you get yourself out of bed or out of, you know, cause I know, you know, having been through similar stuff in different ways with hormones, I know that your mind can play tricks on you and start thinking the worst or, what's the use, you know, a lack mentality because there's been so much challenge or so many bad news. Um, and so what do you do to kind of shift your thoughts and get yourself going so that you, you look at things with faith and kind of open your energy up to the possibilities of miracles coming in? Yeah. Um, and I love how you just put that of opening yourself up for those opportunities, because I really do think that mind body connection is super important um, infertility and in so many other things. Um, for me, it has been trying to write down at least three things a day that I'm grateful for in the morning. And there are some days where it's like (laughs) a real struggle. Um, but even if it's like, I heard birds chirping, right. I think doing that exercise, uh, really sets the tone for my day and has been really helpful for me. Um, I've also used a lot of physical, um, things in my surroundings to help. I am a spiral thinker, um, in many ways when I'm, when I'm going down that rabbit hole of this is, this sucks and it's all bad and we'll never be parents, all that stuff. I um, always have a hair tie on my wrist. And so I'll usually snap the hair tie and actually snap me out of that thought pattern. Um, and that was another great tip I got from, um, folks in, in researching for this book. Um, as well as another great one, ice cubes in your hand, uh, yes. just using something that actually like pulls you into the present and, and, um, you know, brings in that mind body connection, doing those things have been really impactful for me. Yeah. The ice cubes again, I, I'm, I relate to that. I held on to ice when I had to get my first epidural shot. <laughs> and you know what you do, what you've got to do to get through yeah. the moment. And that's an ice cube, more power to you. Is that what I say? (laughs) Yeah. It puts your focus on that instead of what's actually happening. Um, So does working for Disney help you at all? (laughs) I would say it does because it's been my life's goal to work for this company. And so to be able to know, okay, I've got a lot of things that are out of my control. I mean, frankly, everything's out of our control, but there's things I have influence over, right? And the work I get to do with Disney, I have influence over that. I get to create happiness for guests and fellow cast members every single day. And to come to work knowing that like my common goal, our common goal is literally to make people happy. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have to worry place about on earth. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> you no, can't yes. not be happy there. <laughs> it's so rewarding. And that to be able to pour my passion into something like that um, has been, I don't want to say distraction, but it, it brings joy to my life. You know, I'm, I'm allowed to have both joy and sadness. And so it has been helpful. And what do you do there exactly? 
I'm a senior product manager uh, working on the platform team for our app space. So if you come to Walt Disney World and you use the My Disney Experience app, you've likely seen some things our team has done, as well as the Disneyland app out in California. So um, mm. working behind the scenes to make that magic. So I'm, I'm just trying to think if we, I guess I haven't been there in a while. Is it, <laughs> is it fairly new, the app? The app has been around for a while, but it's like extremely evolved in recent times. You can just imagine um, how how COVID has been that there's been quite a bit of development there. Um, you know, we have the mobile order is a huge tool that guests use now. I mean, you can just imagine Starbucks uses yeah. that model, too. So um, you can see all of the wait times and everything okay. that's going on in the app. Um, you know, it, it's a lifeline when you're in the park. Okay. Wow. I think, I think my kids have used it. <laughs> yeah. So thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, we're due. I know I live 25 minutes from Disney. I don't even have to take the freeway. I can just take streets and I'm due. I haven't been since before, right before we got locked down. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> you've yeah, got to yeah. go. I, I want to get back to Disneyland so badly because that's where it all started. Right. I mean, you can, you can really feel like Walt himself, architected, you know, architected that park. So it's very yeah. special place. How did you get involved with working with Disney? So I actually left a full-time salary job in my hometown of Pennsylvania to take a six-month internship at Disney. Wow. Um, I We were married at the time and my husband had worked on the college program years prior, but really thought like, you know, he had, he had done the Disney thing and he was good. Um, and I had just graduated college. I had been working for the company I was working at and I liked it, but it wasn't Disney. Um, and so I, I was like, I'm going to apply. Thought we'd never hear anything. Well, didn't I get a job offer on 9-11 of that year? And that was when we were like, well, oh, my God, <laughs> I guess we have to go. Um, he didn't even have a job at the time. And it all worked out because now we we both work here. I found a full time role and um, we've lived happily ever after, I guess. As they wow. say. So. On 9-11. And he works there, too. Yes, um, he is an entertainment cast member. But right now he is um, they call it displaced. Uh, just because, as you can imagine, so much has changed with COVID. Um, but he's actually working at the Jungle Cruise right now. So um, oh, has a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> Is he like the tour guide? Yeah, he's the skipper. Um, he's got the mic. and How cool. <laughs> it's so fun. I get to go visit him at work. And it's just really cool to think we work for the same company. And yet we do so such different things. And our day-to-day looks so different. Yeah. Right. And you guys got married. Uh, or you had a Disney wedding. We did. Before we moved here, we had a Disney wedding. Yeah. Okay. Were you guys on that? Isn't there a show? Yeah. About- we were not on the show. Um, <laughs> I was always very envious of, of the show when that aired, but we were married before the show. Um, but we got married in Epcot. Uh, we've been to that park and it was spectacular. We had a, a fireworks um, viewing wow. party that evening. Like, it was everything I ever <laughs> could have dreamed of for uh, a wedding. I always wanted to get married there. So <laughs> that's, oh, that's so cool. Awesome. I love it. So is there anything that's coming up with Disney that you're working on that you can talk about? So uh, there's so much that's like under wraps that I cannot share. Um, 
But uh, most recently, our, a lot of our teams worked on the Genie Plus and, and Genie tool, which helps you plan your day. And it's that is the biggest change we've seen to our app in a really long time. Um, and it's been really great. It's a great way for guests to get on rides quickly. And I know it's coming soon for Disneyland. So uh, we'll be really exciting to have that at both parks. Okay. So nothing you can share exclusively <laughs> on You'll our show. Stay tuned, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a dream, like something else that you want to do with Disney or do you want to stay in the role you're in? Um, I love what I do. I, I will say something that I did that was a complete dream of mine was uh, I was a traditions facilitator and I actually still am for the virtual program. Traditions is the class that every first time uh, or new cast member takes on their first day. It's like a it's a big pep rally orientation class. And uh, I mean, we just blast them with pixie dust all day. It's it was something I loved so much when I became a cast member and I couldn't wait to teach it. And they have a huge selection. Uh, you go through and they audition many, many people. And uh, you're only supposed to teach for one year. And then COVID happened. <laughs> I, I had pretty much completed my year. And then they brought us back to teach the class virtually. So I've got to continue that dream. I really feel like I am like living and doing everything I get want to do in my my role currently, but then to like pepper that in on, you know, when I have some of the free time outside my role and inspire new cast members. I mean, it's been an absolute dream. Wow. That's sort of magical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be able to do what you love is already great, but to do something with Disney, I mean, I think, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Disney. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> Disney makes everybody happy. It does. I mean, I think it's something that so many people have a common bond over, whether they saw a movie or a TV show or what have you, that it's in so many of our homes and we relate to these characters. We see ourselves in them and we want to be a part of those experiences. And that's what our parks let us do is get immersed into them, which is, which is, it's so exciting. And to be able to do that with family and friends too, what could be better? Yeah. We just had a guest on a few weeks ago, Alexis Cotta who is in Christmas Again, which is a Disney Christmas movie. She's the mom. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I just realized. I'm like, Disney, Disney. Um, yeah. And then you made me remember something from long, long ago. When I was like 20 years old, I was in a commercial um, at Disneyland for the Electric Light Parade. Yes. And it was just to watch it like in clap. But I seriously watched the parade go by for like 12 hours straight. We had to be there. <laughs> And it just kept going because they kept getting different angles. And so that that music was in my head for like a week. <laughs> well, and you know, it's coming back to Disneyland. They did announce that. So oh, that's it, awesome. I mean, it's the parade that keeps on giving. But I love that parade so much. It's a classic. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's very, very uplifting. Yeah. So, um, well, tell us more about the, the charity that your book um gives back to and who they help and then also how can people find your book and connect with you absolutely so tuesday's children is an organization that was started after um, 9 11 to support the families and specifically the children who lost parents in 9 11. Um, so when they first started it was a lot of like boots on the ground um, putting together collections and donations for these families um, there were some families that were orphaned. And so, you know, they especially provided for those folks who were in 
um, it, it were, they had a huge need. Um, and so they were able to support those families in that time, getting them the resources they need, um, healthcare, as well as therapy and things of that nature. And from there, they've continued to expand their programs. So while they still support um, 9-11 families, they've also gone on to support families impacted by war violence, um, you know, or, or really gun violence, things of that nature. I know that they've supported families impacted by uh, school shootings and things of that nature. Um, now, today, uh, you can imagine their, their group has grown up in a lot of ways. So now uh, they support with um, career, helping career help and mm. mentorship in that way. Um, they have buddy programs where you can pair with a, a student and an adult. Um, and I've just seen the impact that they've had on my husband and his family alone has been so great, um, whether it's access to uh, therapy or groups or camps and things of that nature. And um, that's only continued. And you can find out more about them. I want to make sure I get this right. It's Tuesday's Children. Uh, and they are at Tuesdayschildren.org. Awesome. And if I love how they I love how they've grown with the people. Like that's yeah, that's really amazing. I haven't heard of that before. It's pretty incredible, right? Because uh, I mean, the needs have changed, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, while these kids needed toys and, and things at that time, um, they now need career advice or help with their resume and things like that. So it's been amazing. Um, you know, I wasn't there to watch the entire arc, but my husband has been, and that's been pretty incredible to see. Yeah. So I'm sure they've bonded a lot to his, your husband with some of the families. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially my, uh, my stepmother-in-law, she's very involved. Um, she does photography for a lot of their events and charities. Mm -hmm. Um, and they still live in New Jersey, so they're very closely connected with that community. Um, it is really interesting moving to Florida, uh, how <laughs> different the environment is of people who are connected to 9-11. It's just not in the same way as when you live mm -hmm. up north, very close to the city. So, um, But it's been interesting to see how they've remained connected. Yeah. And then how about you? How do we find you and your book? Absolutely. So if you're looking to um, purchase Rise from the Ashes, you can go to PeytonLynch.com. You can read my story, my husband's story there. Um, we also have a blog up on there. Um, I will share it's uh, because we're going through IVF at the moment. There is a bit of a hiatus on some of the blog, but we're hoping to pick up on that in the new year. And the book is also available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target.com, all of those online re retailers, you can find it. And you want to look out for that hardcover uh, this month and then the audiobook coming in spring if you're an audiobook listener. Awesome. Well, well congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank on you. Congratulations yeah. <laughs> on something so meaningful. And um, yeah. you're just an inspiring person overall. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so I'm honored to be able to talk on this topic. And I hope that anyone listening, you know, remembers that you're not alone. You're not going through anything alone. And if you've got your faith, family and friends to guide you through, um, you know, you just keep walking. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much, Peyton. Thank you, everyone, Thank you. for listening. Thanks. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth, Instagram and Facebook.